This episode of the Mikey Podcast is made with a little bit of help from my good friends at Higher Elevation. I love those people. HigherElevation.com delivered high-quality cannabis to your door, and it's the home of the $10 eighth. You can't go wrong with this stuff, dude. It's testing at 30%. It smells and tastes amazing. And for me, one of the best things about it, no munchies. That's like an important factor for me when it comes to pot. Like, I don't want munchies. I hate having the munchies. I know some people like to smoke weed because it give, helps them with their 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 appetite or whatever. This particular weed, this not, not they got all the weed that I help that give you your appetite. Trust me, I've had it, but this one does not. So and I like that about it. So anyway, so go hit, hit them up for their home of the indoor, the ten dollar indoor eighth. It's their brand. It is the higher elevation brand. It is really really good stuff. Use promo code Mikey get twenty percent off. That's a great deal. I'm all about helping you save money, man. So higherelevation.com promo code Mikey get that twenty percent off. Support the people that support the show. All sites, please stand by channel one. Communications, switching to channel one. All right, here it comes. Be ready. Switch controls to manual override. Awaiting confirmation of the video feed. Countdown is running at five, four, three, two, one. The Mikey Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Mikey Podcast. Quickly, thank you to everybody who is hitting that support button at MikeyPodcast.com. And for those of you that have signed up for the monthly subscription over at, uh, with Anchor, the Anchor support, the links are down below. Click on those if you want to, if you want to support, want to help the show. I really appreciate it. It's what keeps things going here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. I don't want to keep doing that at the, at the beginning of every episode, but I, it's not that I feel obligated. I just, I want to say thank you because it's super important. So thank you, MikeyPodcast.com. Hit the support button or head on over to Anchor and uh, sign up for a monthly subscription. You can get $2.99 a month, $1.99 a month, whatever you want. Um, and then you get access to everything. Pretty soon, some of the past episodes are going to be behind a wall, uh, what they call a paywall. I got to put that up uh, because there are some things that I've said that I don't, that maybe shouldn't just be out there, you know? <laughs> uh, and plus, you know, I just, I, I think I got to give, I got to get, the people who are paying for the monthly subscription, they need something, they need access to other things. So if you want to get that and where the video stuff is going to start going, I have some videos that I'm ready to start posting. All that is going to be part of the monthly subscription. So get over to anchor.com and sign up there and uh, show your support. I really do appreciate it. It helps me out a lot. Let's move on. Let's get into the show. Cause there's a few things I'm going to try to get to in this episode. Death being one of them. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, Oh, whatever. That's not fun. That's why you want to fucking talk about death. That's like the worst thing ever because Death has kind of been coming up. It's been a big topic in my house for the past few days. So I want to get on that. Uh, also, I want to clear up the gas relief thing that's happening here in California because a couple episodes ago, I told you what some people were talking about or what what some people were planning on doing or what, what the rumor was that Gavin Newsom was going to do or propose. But he's made his proposal, so I want to break that down for you too. And maybe a couple other things. But I have some thoughts on something that happened on TV yesterday, this is this has been all over the news, and I I understand that it could. That's not the greatest thing to talk about, but we'll, we'll get into it. it. It could be a distraction. Fine, we'll get into that a little bit later. But let me just let me just talk. Did you happen to watch the Oscars yesterday? I don't watch the Oscars. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't, I don't care about these reward these award show shows. It's just a bunch of celebrities patting each other on the back, telling each other how fucking great they are. It's a bunch of rich people saying, "Yeah, you're fucking great. Get richer." Like, who the fuck wants to do that? Who wants to watch a bunch of rich people talk about how great other rich people are and give each other awards for being so great at being rich? That seems like the dumbest thing ever. Why is this shit on television? Why do we worship these people? And even even if we don't worship these people, it is almost like they're put up on a pedestal for you to worship. You're supposed to worship these people. 
these that they're winning Oscars. They're great. They're wonderful. Fuck these people. The people who are putting out fires and the people who are teaching our kids, those are the people that deserve awards and should be on TV. But anyway, that's not what this is about. Uh, the Oscars were fucking crazy because Will Smith fucking bitch slapped Chris Rock on live TV. It smacked the shit out of him. I saw it. It was great. It was a great smack. I only saw, I didn't see it live. I saw the video of it. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but it was fantastic. He said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Whoa. I'm sure at this point, by the time you listen to this podcast, you have seen this video, you've read about it or whatever it is. But I got to tell you, immediately when I saw this right off the bat, I thought it was scripted. Like, come on, man. They even almost looked like they were both laughing about it. You know, and Chris, there was, there's a screen grab floating around where it looks like Chris is even kind of like almost leaning in and preparing for it. Like he's getting ready to get slapped. But it just, it just was what happened after the slap that made me think it might be real. I don't know if it's real. I'm not sure. But it looked like they were fucking around, man. I'm going to be honest with you. At the beginning, it looked like they were both laughing and joking. Will Smith had a smile on his face, whatever. But in order to get the full picture of what happened, I have to tell you how this went down. So maybe you know, maybe you don't. But I'm going to break it down real quick. Chris Rock was on stage at the Oscars to present the best documentary feature award. And it started off normal, man. No big deal. Making some jokes just like he does. And you can see Will's laughing about these jokes, whatever. It's all good. Until Chris made a joke that may have went a little too far, some people might think. I don't even think it's a good joke. I think it was stupid. He looked over at Jada and said, Jada. Will and Jada, they're in the front row. So they're right there. And you got to know... If, if you're a celebrity, an A-list celebrity, you've been going to these award shows for however long, you know, you know that if you're in the front row, you're probably going to be made fun of. That's the whole point. That's why they put you there. And Will Smith was winning, uh, he was winning the Actor of the Year award. Like he won the award. All these things together, just to, you know, so it's like almost as if this, this uh, it's like, it's, it's fake. I'm telling you. But anyway, he said, so Chris Rock says to Jada, Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane too. Can't wait to see you in it. Now, for those of you not understanding the reference, Jada is bald. Like G.I. Jane is bald in the movie. Demi Moore. She's bald because she has alopecia, though. Uh, alopecia is, is a condition where your hair kind of falls out. It can fall out in spots, or it can actually fall out all over your body. It's, it's a medical condition. Uh, my cousin has had it. I, I've, I have, I've known a lot of people who have had alopecia. It's, a, it's actually it's pretty, quite common, to be honest with you. Uh, so G.I. Jane, again, the movie starting to be more, she was also bald in the movie. So that's a joke. That's it. Will got pissed about it, walked up on stage, and slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Like really hard too, dude. At least from, from what I could, from the way, from the angle of that camera, I would love to see side angles. But from the angle from that camera, which was from behind, again, another good reason why it was probably scripted. It was, a, it was a behind shot as Will was walking up on the stage. So it was a back where you could see Will's back and then Will swings and smacks him. But like I said, it, it looked almost staged for so many reasons because it almost looked like Will had a smile on his face and Chris Rock is like, oh no, uh-oh, as, as Will's walking up. It just felt staged. It really, at that moment in time, until the camera showed Will super pissed off. Will began yelling at Chris. Like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. He yelled it like twice. 
So, so this, it, all this was, if you were watching this here in America, this was already delayed out. Like you didn't see any of this. This stuff was cut out, but it's all over the internet. It's everywhere. You can easily find that. I'm not going to play the clip for you. It's everywhere. Obviously not on live TV because they had to censor that stuff because he's swearing, but he's yelling it and everybody's quiet. Everybody's uncomfortable. Everybody's mouths dropped. People are like, what in the fuck? What is, what is happening? Will's yelling at Chris Rock. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And Rock, I got to tell you, he did his best to kind of keep the situation cool and kind of downplay it a little bit, but it was obvious he was a little bit shaken up. And so by looking at it that way, it didn't seem like it was scripted, but I don't know. Sure, we can debate and go down the rabbit hole of celebrities being used to distract us from real world problems like I already mentioned. And maybe that's the case here. Maybe there's evidence of that. Maybe this was scripted. Because Will bragged about bringing chaos to the Oscars this year. He literally bragged about it. He literally put it online. He also said that, he, that, that they were going to be everyone's problem. Talking about him and Jada. So before the slap, way before the slap, he posted on Instagram, his exact quote was, me and Jada got all dressed up to choose chaos. It was like a picture of them. And then he went on to post, good morning, everyone. And I think this was like a, 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 like a computerized robotic voice saying that God has let me live another day and I'm about to make it everyone's problem. The fuck, dude? Were you planning on bringing bullshit to the Oscars all day? Like, was that something you woke up planning? You, clearly you woke up choosing chaos. The fuck, man? What's wrong with Will Smith? What's going on? So maybe, just maybe, maybe it was planned out based on all that evidence. But why, though? Why, why, why would the Oscars want to do something like this? And to distract us from something? Maybe, sure. Maybe it was to get the ratings up. They did it right at the beginning of the show, wasn't it? I believe it was right at the beginning. The right, nobody watches the fucking Oscars. Nobody cares about the Oscars. So then all of a sudden people are tuning in because Will Smith went in and slapped Chris Rock. Now everybody wants to tune in to see what's going to happen. What's going to happen next? Oh my God. Are they going to fight? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> no, of course they're not going to fucking fight. But maybe it was, maybe it was a distraction. But for the sake of the argument, okay, let's say it wasn't planned out. Let's say that it was real. And let's say that Will has been having some issues lately. I mean, I, Will has little bit of, kind of been a little bit on a downward spiral since it was revealed that Jada stepped out on him, you know? And let's look back and see, did Will and Chris have any history? Is there any, has, has, have they ever fought? Has there ever been any animosity between these two? Well, there, is, there has been some. So maybe Will's been holding on to some resentment for a few years. It's like back in 2016, Chris Rock made fun of Jada again for saying she's not going to for saying something about that she's not going to the Oscars. She said she was not going to go to the Oscars to sit through another year of all white nominees. She said this 2016. I remember her saying that. Um, and in Jada at the time was on TV. She wasn't in a movie or anything like that. And not uh, the Oscars are for movies, not television. So why would she go there anyway? So Chris made a joke saying something along the lines of, isn't she on TV? So Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, which is actually kind of funny. That's a pretty good joke. She, the, why is she boycotting the Oscars? She wouldn't even, why would she go? It's for, it's for movie stars. 
So anyway, that that happened in 2016. Chris also poked fun at Will Smith many, many times. He talked crap about him getting paid $20 million for Wild Wild West, which was a total piece of shit movie. I mean, but that's what comedians do, though, right? They just make fun of each other. Comedians make fun of everybody. Every single, every A-list comedian that ends up hosting or being a part of an award show just makes fun of every other, every other A-list celebrity. Do you remember when they called out all the pedophiles a few years ago? That was great. Nobody did anything about it. It made everybody uncomfortable. It's like, hey, we all know there are a bunch of pedophiles. That's what they do. <laughs> Even though I believe in that case they were being serious, the pedophiles was real. But otherwise, celebrities just kind of make fun of each other. So maybe Will's just waiting for his moment, though. But after all these years, just years and years of animosity built up against Chris Rock, maybe Will was just waiting for his moment. And when he saw his wife was upset about being about the joke being made fun of, being made fun of on her behalf, he he got pissed. He defended her like an asshole, but sure. Maybe some people think that was the right thing to do. You're supposed to defend your woman. He was defending his lady. Some people say that he's defending his woman. He was defending her honor. Then some people might be like, well, can she not defend herself? Is she not strong enough to, to handle this? Do we not live in a world where, where women and men are equal? Did he have to be so macho? No, actually, he didn't. Because in my opinion, what he did, if now we're basing this on if it was not planned out, what he did was classless and trashy. Okay, this is supposed to be a room room full of A-list celebrities. Get it together, dude. Again, based on if this really happened and wasn't planned out. Or don't, you know what I mean? You know what? I don't care. Don't get, don't get, I can't say I would have acted any differently. You know, I'm all about defending my lady's honor. And I will if I have to. But he assaulted Chris Rock, man. You just laying your hands on somebody, unless it's in self-defense, in my opinion, it's wrong. It really is. But do I feel like maybe Will Smith might be kind of losing his grip on reality a little bit? Yes, I do. Just like I said, ever since it was revealed that Jada hooked up with whoever, the August guy or whatever the hell his name is, it just seems like he's been on a slippery slope. I just feel like maybe there's a little something strange about that family. I loved Will Smith. But I never really liked Jada, though. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to say something might piss some ladies off. It is what it is. You have to accept it. But there's a lot of women that feel the same way. She seems like kind of a bitch, doesn't she? I mean, I think about all the movies that she was. I didn't like her in Menace to Society. She was kind of a bitch in Menace to Society. I didn't like her in Matrix. She played kind of a bitch in Matrix. Maybe she's, maybe she's just typecast. Maybe she's a super nice lady, you know? But, you know, she was stepping out on her husband the whole time, so I don't know. I, I didn't like her when she was on a different world, when she was on TV. I just, honestly, I've always felt like she was kind of bitchy. I'm not going to say she's a bitch because I don't know her, but she comes off that way. She looks that way to me. People can look like a bitch. People can look bitchy, right? But for all I know, she's super nice. I don't know. So what happened yesterday might have been planned out. I have no idea. These people are actors. You know what I mean? And Will posted about bringing chaos. And he, he was laughing. There was some intention on his end, I think. But like I said, these people are actors. And they're the best actors. The best there is. They're winning. They're, he, he's winning the award for acting. So he can act mad and look mad. And, 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 and play it off perfectly. And fool everyone. But we got to ask ourselves, why? Why are they doing this? What are they distracting us from? What is the point? 
Because we've had two huge stories this weekend happen. And everyone will go into this week talking about these stories. I'm doing it right now. We'll be doing it on on my radio show later and probably tomorrow as well. But they're talking about these two things that have happened. And not what might be going on in the world. Because there's a lot going on in the world. So I don't think it's stupid to ask that question. What are they distracting us from? Think about it. Inflation is out of control and interest rates are going to fuck us, man. They really, really are. We're in the process of the biggest transfer of wealth in history. We're seeing it happen. We've been witnessing it over the past few years. We're headed. Are we headed into a, a social credit system where you'll lose gas credits for posting a news story that someone deemed unacceptable? We might be. Are we headed for a world full of restrictions? They're distracting us from this stuff. They don't want you thinking about these things. They don't want you asking these questions. It seems like they've been testing internet censorship for the past few years. So when something kind of big happens, they can silence it, right? They can distract us. They can delete it. They can remove it. We've had the war on terror with restrictions on travel freedom. We've had COVID with restrictions on medical freedom. The Russian-Ukraine war with restrictions on internet freedom. And you can probably bet coming soon, monetary freedom, dietary freedom, climate freedom, regardless of what it is, we can all agree that we're being distracted from those things, those hugely important things that are happening in our lives right now. And it's a distraction from us realizing our true power, who and what we really, really are and what we can control. And with the control that we actually have, because there are some things that are out of our control, but there's a lot of things that are in our control. There's always something preventing us from becoming who we're meant to be. You know what I mean? Whether it's bills or, or just, or work or the kids, whatever it is. I'm not saying these things aren't important, but there are things that keep us from realizing our true power. Do you think we are meant to be figuratively caged up animals, paying taxes to people who lie to us and steal from us and fuck kill us? Why is it so hard for people to see? Why can't people accept that they don't really want to help us? They just want to control us. They want to stay in power. If you don't understand that, at this point, you're just refusing to accept the truth. And that's fine, man. Live with your cognitive dissonance. If that's what you want. That's the kind of world you want to live in. I prefer to live in reality so that I can do my best to try and create my own. So just remember, and I've talked about creating your own reality in many, many past episodes, and you should go back and listen to them. And and if you're new to this podcast, maybe you'll learn something. Just remember, if you don't wake up to this they will control you and continue to control, control you until you die. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm being serious. That's it, it, what's going to happen. And that's what's been going on in this world for years. Until people started realizing, you know, shit is kind of fucked up. History is repeating itself more and more and more. You know, we always said history re- repeated itself growing up, but we didn't have the internet to go back and prove it. But they want to control the internet to delete some of that stuff so they don't have access to that information. Trust me. And they want to control you until you die. Which is something, needless to say, something we all do. We all die. And death is fucking weird, man. 
my daughter's lost a few people in the, in, in the past year that have made me really think about death and kind of how we all experience it. You know, she didn't understand why one person's death was affecting her differently than another person's death. And that's hard to explain to a child. You know, it's, it, and, and it's hard to know if they actually fully grasp what you're trying to explain to them. Hell, do we even fully grasp death? Death is fucking weird, man. It's not a thing. It's not a person. There's a lot of ways you can die. Sometimes it's really fast and probably painless. And sometimes it's slow and agonizing. Are you afraid of death? I mean, it's not something you can be, it's not something to be ashamed of if you are, not at all. Not knowing what happens after death, that's fucking scary, man. Not for myself, I got to say I'm at peace with death. I, I, I don't know, I'm not afraid of it or whatever, but I am at peace with it. You know, I've accepted what it happens to all of us. You never know when it's going to happen. It could happen at any time. I could die as soon as I'm done doing this podcast. I, 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 could, I could die in a car accident on my way to work. My point is it's inevitable and I've accepted that. But that's my own personal feeling on, on, on my own death and on death really in general for most people because it's inevitable and people die. And that sounds cold, right? This is what the fuck people do. They fucking die. But it's true. I can use the, that same thought process to help me cope with death in certain ways. Because death is inevitable. And when you hear about someone or a friend or a friend of a friend or a, a Facebook friend post about the loss of someone, you probably feel a little, you know, you probably feel a little sad, but you're okay with it because that person, because that's not personal to you. And I'm not saying you're like, oh, well, that sucks. You're lost and you move on, whatever. Sorry, you lost your mom. No, you feel for them. You do. You're empathetic. You may give them a call, man. You know what I mean? You maybe send a text. Maybe post a nice little message on their social media, whatever the fuck it is. But it's different when it's personal. I don't have to say that. Everybody knows that. You know, when someone who's always been in your life is gone, it's just different. Even if you haven't talked to that person in years, it's just different. They're just gone. I may not have had a conversation with you in 20 years, but you died. And I feel... Like I lost somebody. You feel a little empty. A little piece of you is gone. That's me. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't say that for everybody. That's, that's how it is for me. You know, five years ago and 27 years ago, I believe I lost some people that were really close to me. 20, whatever years ago, <laughs> since 1995, I can't, I can't, I can't, I suck at math, but I lost my dad and it was this, this coming month in April. In spring, I was 15 years old and I was a terrible teenager. If you go back to the episode, uh, how I got here episode, I give you a ton. I talk about my life. I talk about how, how I was as a teenager and who I was and the details of how much of a jerk I was growing up. But on that day when my dad died, for some reason I was home from school that day. It was either spring break or I was suspended from school for being an asshole. But one of those two things, I'm going to guess it was the latter. <laughs> Because I was suspended a lot. I, I really was. I, I, man, I was a dick. I'm surprised they put up with me as much as they did. But my mom and dad were divorced. Um, and I lived in a suburb of Cleveland. It was called Parham, Ohio. My father lived in Cleveland. And the leading, in the months kind of leading up to that, to that day 
then my dad died. They were all pretty, they were all kind of hectic, if I remember correctly. And I look back and my, my dad and his younger brother had been fighting for a long time. His younger brother, who I guess my uncle, even though I don't like to claim it, is crazy. Uncle Donnie. Everybody has a crazy uncle. Why is that? What's the, what is, does it, and if you don't know who the crazy uncle is in your life, maybe you're the crazy uncle. But I'm wondering now that I think about who's, oh no, I know who, my, who the crazy uncle is in my family, with my immediate family, and that I had this crazy uncle who was my dad's brother. Everybody has a crazy uncle. That's weird. Or crazy aunt, crazy aunt, crazy uncle. Everybody has one. Or maybe both. You're lucky if you get even the fucking crazy lottery if you get them both. Uh, but, but from what I understand, this crazy uncle of mine, he used to stalk my dad's wife. Like he was obsessed with her. He'd take pictures of her and say weird shit. He would like, he would cut her head out and, and paste it on magazines and dirty magazines. Like he was weird, man. Now I don't know this for a fact. This was all stuff that was basically according to her and maybe another, another person or so, but I, I don't know this for a fact. I just, but I do know that it was weird. I can tell you that for sure. I know these were, but his, his issues with her, I don't, I can't say for sure, but it was what caused him and my dad to fight. Now I don't have any proof of those things happening. Like I said, but that's the story from all the adults in my life. And I believe that to be true. And obviously my dad is not going to have that shit. You know what I mean? This is his wife. He's going to just, just like Will Smith. He's going to defend his wife's honor. So he did the best he could. My dad was kind of sick. He wasn't like the super strong, but he did the best he could and stopped going around his brother, stopped being around the family as much, stopped just trying to avoid the problem. But the problem was it's really hard because they lived on the same fucking street. They literally lived right house, a few houses down from each other. His brother, who my uncle, who was useless, is a 30-year-old, 30-some-year-old man, lived with his parents. He drank, he did drugs, didn't work, stayed up all night, was a fucking pervert. He's just a piece of crap. This guy was the epitome of, like I said, creepy uncle. Fuck, man. I mean, even when we were kids, dude, he had a creepy fan. Since they lived on the same street, literally five houses down from each other, and the useless brother still lived with my grandparents, my dad's parents, it wasn't exactly very easy to completely stay away from each other. And I know that my dad would avoid going over to his parents' house because I would still walk over there and go see my grandma and whatever, and she'd be pissed. My dad wasn't coming around. He was her favorite. He was her baby. Nobody was better than Mikey. Not me, my dad. That's what everybody called my dad. It's kind of weird. That was my dad's name. My dad's name, everybody called him Mikey. It was Uncle Mikey, it was Mikey, he was Mikey. It's kind of funny that my radio name ended up becoming Mikey and everyone calls me Mikey now. That wasn't something I did by design either. Just That kind of just happened. Anyway, Mikey was her baby, even though he wasn't the baby. Actually, the crazy uncle was the baby, but my dad was her favorite. And it bugged her. It bugged the shit out of her. He wouldn't come over there. So in those fall, in that fall and winter months leading up to my dad's death, the family really started to fall apart because of this crazy uncle. I mean, there, I remember my dad and him literally fist fighting in the middle of the street and also causing me and my cousin, who was crazy uncle's son, to fight as well. I had to, I hit my cousin with a shovel. I was young. Okay. 15 years old side note though, just so you know, my family was really, 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 really close growing up. 
And I know it sounds like we weren't based on this story so far, but as we were, as a kid, you know, we were taught that cousins were like family. They were just like brothers and sisters and we were treated like that. You know, we were all very close and spent a lot of time together. So when I say my family was falling apart, it was. We stopped having Sunday dinners together. We stopped meeting up in the morning for coffee at grandma's house. All kinds of shit. People just stopped coming around because of the drama that was being caused by my dad's stupid younger brother. I'm telling you this because I want you to re I'm just kind of really try to paint the picture of my life so you kind of understand as best I can. And because when my father died, I feel like the family I grew up with died too. But it was building up to that, to that moment because of the shit that, that his brother was pulling. You know, I think all this was building up. So we were, we were all spending less and less time together. I wasn't even going to my dad's as much. You know, I was too busy being an asshole teenager. I went from going over to my dad's every weekend to every other weekend, which gave me more time to be an asshole. So I, I, I was like, you start to, you start to question yourself and like, oh my God, I, you know, this is my fault. I know it wasn't my fault, but like I, I could have spent more time with my dad, all these things, you know, because I was spending less time, but it wasn't because I didn't want to spend time with my dad. It was why I wanted to spend time with my friends, but I also didn't want to be part of drama. But so on that morning of the worst day of my life, the day my dad died, I was at my mom's house where I lived smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to smoke. Uh, I was in her smoking cigarettes in her living room. She didn't smoke either. Uh, I was just funny because I was smoking. Uh, she was at work and I knew that if I, if I smoked in her house, if I opened up the living room window and smoked out of it, probably I could probably get away with it till about lunchtime. By the time she got home, it'd be air, aired out and she'd have no fucking idea. So I was smoking in, in, smoking in the living room. That's not how the song goes, but that's what I was doing. Anyway, so here I am in the living room with the window open, smoking while one of my sisters is upstairs in her room sleeping. Then out of nowhere, my mother's car pulls into the driveway. I'm like, oh shit. I think quickly, I, 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 I'm like, fuck. I quickly put the cigarette out, close the window and run upstairs to my room and close the door. Now, at this point, my memory is a little shot here, probably because maybe, maybe because it was so traumatic, but I think either my mom or my other sister knocked on my door. My other sister actually worked with my mom. They worked at the same place together. But one of them, I believed opened the door. And I was like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. What's going on? What's happening? Why are you here? And then that person like lost it. I was like, I, can't, I wish I could remember it was either my mom or my sister and said, and told me that my dad had died that morning, man, that's crazy, right? 15 years old. I was devastated. My whole life changed in a split second, right then and there, my dad gone, never going to see that man again. So in my mind, I began to struggle with how the last few months had been and how the family was falling apart. How could this have happened? How did he die? You start to be, you begin to blame every single person. It was Tina, his wife. She's a fucking cunt. I hated her anyway. Fuck that bitch. It was his brother. He's a fucking asshole. He caused all this. He ruined our family. It was my mom. It was my brother. It was my half brothers. It was, it was the asshole. So my dad drugs. It was all these people. It was everyone's fault. And that caused me myself to have a, a downward spiral in life over the next few years. But in those moments and weeks and months after the death, I honestly felt a little responsible. And I know there was nothing I could have done, nothing I could have did to prevent it, prevent the inevitable. But I still felt that way. 
because that's part of grieving and that's part of death. And that's part of why death is so fucking weird. And it took me a long time to realize that. And once I did, I think that's the moment I under understood that death happens. There's nothing we can do to stop it. And we have to try to accept it. Nothing. Literally nothing. Cause if you're going to die, if it's your time to go, you're going to go. I mean, there's a lot we can do to prolong our lives and there's a lot we can do to bring death closer to us. We should avoid those things. This kind of brings me to the person I lost about five years ago. Same, same right around this time. And we all, you know, we all have those friends we've lost touch with over the years. Sometimes you wonder what happened or why you lost touch, but we grow, we move, we, we lives change, shit happens. It is what it is. But just because you lose touch with someone doesn't change the friendship you created or their connection that you had. One of those people's was a, that in my life, like that was a really, really close friend of mine named Andy. He was my dude. We hung out daily. We cut school. We smoked. We drank. We got suspended. We got arrested. We snuck out late at night. We did everything together. Mike Andy. We would tag our, like I told, I talk about this in, in my, how I got here episode. We would, we had a battle pretty much all through high school, but where we could tag our names the most. You would see my name, the huge over, over lockers. And you'd see his name. We'd be using permanent markers and writing our names all over the place. And we'd be getting in trouble for this. We didn't care. Except we were asshole teenagers, but we were best friends doing shit like that, you know, but, but it was that way until we grew apart. And I was mad about that shit at first when, when we stopped being friends, but I realized, you know what I mean? That I was probably a bad influence on him and he was a bad influence on me. And it was, just, it was, it's whatever, no big deal. We stopped being friends and we completely lost touch though. I mean, it's just kind of a weird thing when you're so close with somebody and you hang out so much, but it happens. I mean, probably, I'm going to say the last time him and I probably spoke, I was like 21 years old. I was working on the radio and at a radio station in Cleveland. Well, that's how long ago it was. But even then, there was, there was a few years in between that time that we didn't talk. But I always thought about him. And I'd always ask other friends about him. Hey, how you doing? Have you seen Andy? I tell Andy I said hello, man. I hope he's doing well. He never had social media or anything, so I couldn't like check in on him. But I always wanted to make sure he was doing good and make sure he was alive and all was good. And it seemed like everything was cool. Until about five years ago, when I got the news that he died. Now, not only did I find out that he died, but his older brother died too. Such a, tra such a tragedy for his family because his mom died when he was a kid. And then his dad had raised him and his two old other brothers. So I started to get more and more info on in his life. And things had started to become really tragic for him. I learned things about him I never would have expected. And ultimately, from what I understand, the things that I learned about him partly led to his death. This is what I mean about things that, that we do when we bring death to us. Being unhealthy physically and mentally can, and, and it's going to kill you. It will kill you. And that's kind of what happened to Andy. I'm not 100% sure what he was into, but it wasn't good. So when Andy died, a piece of my youth died too. That shit hurt. All the memories I had 
the, all of the, him and all the good times, it all came flooding back. All the good times, getting stoned in my mother's garage, hanging out, him saying, I can't go home like this. It was like one of the funniest things. All the times we thought we were gangsters, starting shit with the jocks at school. I miss that dude. Everything. And it was like I lost one of my best friends. Regardless of how, how far we grew apart, it hurt. So that's weird, you know, when springtime comes around, I, 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 it's just like this little bit of a depression that comes on me. Not like full-on depression, but I just, spring brings happiness, it makes me happy. But I get a little bit bummed about some things sometimes around this time of year. I try not to let it get to me too much. Because I've had a lot of death in my life. Some traumatizing, and some just like, well, eh, you know, that sucks, you know, what are you going to do? But like I said, not every death is going to hit you the same way. That's a good lesson to try to teach your kids very young because my daughter's kind of going through some of that stuff right now sometimes a relative could die and you're like oh man that really sucks but you're okay with it sometimes someone you don't even know will die someone you've never even met will die and it hits you harder than a relative like for me man i had the mca from the beastie boys chester bennington from lincoln park bob saget chris cornell when those people died it was weird for me like that as weird as it is, and as much as I'm anti-celebrity worship, that shit kind of hit me. That shit kind of hurt. These are all artists or entertainers that I don't know personally, but I enjoyed their art. So now, the past few days, a couple of days ago, just this Friday, you learn about another artist who died. Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. That one kind of hurt, man. I'm a drummer. You know, I've played along to the Foo Fighters so much in my life. It's crazy. So this one hit me. Everlong, the song Everlong is probably one of my all-time favorite songs. I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan. I'm not going to lie and sit here and say I know every one of their damn songs. I like them. They're not bad. They were fun. They made some great music videos, but they were just regular middle-of-the-road rock to me. Everlong was a great song. They had one or two really big songs that I thought were good, but everything else was just kind of meh. But I still appreciated what they were doing. I respected their craft and, and enjoyed seeing them live a couple of times. They were awesome. That shit hit you. It's just weird, man. Let me tell you, when, when I found out, about, where were you when you found out about Taylor Hawkins when he died? I was at, at a Target in Lincoln, California. With my family doing some shopping. My, do, my, my daughter got a real good report card and, and was spending some of the money that she earned from it. So we're there. My fiance and the kids, they're, they're all looking at makeup and stuff. So we're just hanging out in Target. I'm like, all right, I don't care about makeup. So I'm just going to check my phone while they're doing this. Go to Instagram. The very first thing I see, a friend of mine in New York City shared the Foo Fighters post that they're from their Instagram that read this exact quote. The Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will live on with us forever. Our hearts go out to his wife, children, and family, and we ask that their privacy be treated with the utmost respect in this, in this unimaginable, difficult time. I can't even imagine what they're going through, honestly. Because that's a surprising death. That's an out-of-nowhere death. Those ones are the worst. But when I first saw this, man, like, my, my heart fucking dropped. Like, what? No way. This can't be real. So I stopped reading immediately went to go confirm that it was true. And at the time it like that, it just happened. So at the time, all I could find was an, was a the newspaper article from an, an online paper in Australia that was confirming it. I screenshot that, uh, and, and, and then went to, then went to over to the Twitter 
uh, look for the Foo Fighters Twitter, and then I saw the the confirmation from the Foo Fighters, and then it was it was it was confirmed. It was now it was happening. It was it was spreading like wildfire. I couldn't believe it, man. This dude was only fifty. I was in complete shock. I sent the cr- screenshot to my son, who's also a drummer. I shared it on my social media, and all of this, you know, just happened within you know, just a couple of minutes because everyone was looking at, at the makeup and stuff. We're just standing there. I'm in the middle of an aisle, so I walk over to everyone. I show Mandy. Uh, my fiance, and I'm not sure if she realized who it was right away, but she figured it out. So it's weird. So the, the the reason why I'm telling you this is because there I was in Target, getting hit with death, not a personal death, but a death that was affecting me in some way, a way I couldn't quite process. It didn't sit right with me. You know, it just seemed, it just wasn't right. It's kind of like the Bob Saget thing. You know, was it because I'm getting older and the the older I get, the more people I know or I know of are going to die? Is it that I can relate to him being a drummer and a seemingly regular dude? Most people will tell you that he was a rock rock star, but he wasn't like an untouchable one. He was humble. And he showed that through his actions and his words. I mean, he was still a rock star, but he was pretty cool. But what was I feeling? What was that feeling? What was that? I'm not even a big Foo Fighters fan. Was it because he was so young? So young and unexpected, That's maybe that's what it was. Unexpected deaths, like I said, are clearly the worst. I mean, we're all going to die eventually, though. But not at 50. And when you're older, that's a little bit more expected. That's what old people do, they die. But 50-year-olds don't really die that often. So, of course, now I'm going through my head just like everyone else. How did Taylor Hawkins die? Was it drugs? Then I remember that the Foo Fighters were one of the first bands to force people to be vaccinated to go to their shows. They would only play vaccinated venues. So I'm like, well, shit, he was vaccinated. A lot of people are that have gotten the vaccine. I'm not, I'm not blaming the vaccine. I'm just, these are the things that are going through my head, people. So then I wonder, you know, did, was it because he was vaccinated? Did he have any, did he have any other like health conditions in his past? Any heart problems? Anything, you know, anything that the public was aware about? This is just how my brain works, you know? But even with reports of drugs in his room or a system that are coming out right now, and the Dave Grohl conspiracies, and I'm not going to get into yet right now, I think people need to grieve. I need to grieve. Put all that shit aside, you know? You know, if you were in a band and you lost your singer to drugs and started a new band and lost your drummer to drugs, you'd be pretty upset. So I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to get into it. But rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Maybe next week, maybe a different day. Maybe we can drive, dive down that weird rabbit hole about Dave Grohl sacrificing both Kurt Cobain and Taylor Hawkins to continue to pursue his obsession with being the biggest rock star on the planet. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Is Dave Grohl the devil? I don't know. No, I, probably not, but who knows? Maybe. He's played, played one in a couple of movies, a couple, couple of music videos. I don't know. I'm getting off track. I don't want to, I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. See, I'm already starting to go down there. Look, it's a tragic loss for, for rock and roll and death is fucking weird. It is what it is. And it'll always be weird to me. Uh, and, 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 and I'm sure it is for most people, but I accept death. I'm not afraid of it. I'm more worried about the people I leave behind when I go. I think about the pain I felt losing my loved ones. And I never want my kids or my family to feel that pain. I mean, I know they will, and it's part of life, but nobody wants Nobody wants that for their loved ones. 
I think about my job as a father and a provider. Who's going to be there to give them the advice they need? Who's going to make the stupid fucking dad jokes? Who's going to work extra hard and get a second or a third job to make sure that they have everything they need? Shit's expensive. (laughs) Who's going to provide for them? That's the shit I worry about. I think most good parents do. Well, these are things that, that are kind of out of your control. I mean, all you can do is make sure they're set up in life so that when you do leave this physical world, they can feel some sort of financial comfort because that's all you can probably provide. Because really, that's the biggest concern for most people. Money, right? I mean, obviously, they're going to be upset losing someone, but they still are losing that person who was a provider or a helper. Nobody has enough money, right? Do you have enough money? Nobody does. I don't have enough money. I want more money. I need money. We all need money. We all do. And that sucks, man. Our entire, until our entire system collapses and it will, money is going to be our biggest stressor. Our leaders know this. Our the fucking, the people we vote in power, they know this. That's part of how they control us. You know, back to being distracted. They distract us with financial debt to prevent us from realizing our true power. So we focus on money and how to get more of it. Well, they do everything they can to get more of our money. Everybody's just trying to get money. (laughs) And saving money is what we're all just trying to do nowadays. I don't want them to take my money. I don't save it. I need it. You never know. These fuckers want to take everything from you. I mean, even if you're rich and well off, shit is still expensive. It just affects you differently, you know? Like gas. God, I don't know how many times I've talked about gas. It's, it is still one of the biggest talked about topics in America. Fuck, I assume, in the modern world. We're still hovering right around $6 a gallon here in my area. Now, maybe you can find it for five fifty at like Sam's Club or Costco or whatever, but it's about 6 bucks a gallon. So people are beginning to, are looking to our elected leaders to do something, begging them to do something, fix this, stop this. What can you do? Now, there's not a whole lot they can do, but there are some things that they can do that can help immediately. And I've mentioned this already, like suspending the gas tax nationally and the state taxes. That will then help everybody driving right now. But that doesn't seem to be happening. It doesn't look like that's going to happen either. Uh, Here in California, our governor has proposed four things. Here they are. $400 per registered vehicle up to two cars. So if you have two cars in your name, you can get up to 800 bucks. You just have to have a registered vehicle. It has nothing to do with taxes or anything like that. Uh, They want to pause the diesel sales tax increase, pause the gas tax increase, which goes up every single summer because you fucking people voted for it like idiots because you were tricked by the people in California that you voted for. How dare you? (laughs) And then free public transportation. Nobody wants California's public transportation. It's trash. Trust me. It's garbage. But there's reasons why they're doing this. There, there is. Uh, this is more of a, of a way to kind of bring us into a, a new, greener life. But that's not what we're going to get into right now. We're just kind of talking about this. Now, okay, I'm not mad about some of this. Because if you're going to give everybody $400 to help with their gas, cool, sure, that's going to help a little bit. But they're... They were talking about before giving it to every single person who made under $250,000 a year, which is most people in California, even homeless people, even people without cars, 
that's what they were talking about doing. And they still, so there are some Democrats who still want to do that. That's why this hasn't been passed yet, because there are some Democrats that think everybody should get it, claiming gas prices have caused all prices to go up and the government should help everyone, not just the people who, who need gas money. Fuck them. <laughs> I think that's fucking stupid. Give the people who drive the, ga the gas help. Now, this idea that he has is not horrible, the governor's plan. Uh, and it should not be based on how much money you make. It shouldn't have anything to do with your taxes. Nothing. Give each registered car that's on the road 400 bucks. Suspend all the gas tax increases and suspend the gas tax for a year. Okay, because this will help immediately. That's what you got to look at right now. If you suspend the gas tax right now, it's going to help right now. Because they say those $400 debit cards that they're going to send out, the $400 cash that people are going to get, that wouldn't even potentially go out till maybe July or later. That's not going to help. People need help right now. So this idea I'm suggesting would do that. But the Democrats don't want that. They can't have the gas tax suspended. They will lose so much money for all their little green energy projects because that's where a lot of that money comes from, from gas tax. So you can, so you can count on getting some money. Some. Enough to appease you into thinking that they did something for you. But it won't be until after they mind fuck you for a few more months into submission. They can't let you be free and happy for too long. Come on, now you know that. You might begin to enjoy things and remember what it was like to have a normal life. So expect that money sometime, probably just in time for gas prices to be headed down and right before midterm elections come around, just when gas is getting back to normal. And the Democrats will hail Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom for doing something great, helping people out. And that's all they'll talk about. It's fucking dumb. Personally, I hate all of them. I really do. It doesn't matter. Republicans, they all suck. Democrats, every one of them. Liberals, I don't care. But like I say, they don't care about us. They don't care about you. But I do. I care about you. And that's why I do this podcast. Seriously. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I help you see some things and it maybe just from a different perspective. You know, we don't always have to agree. Actually, I hope that we don't always agree. And, and, and you'll hit me up on social media and, and I can learn from you. And that happens all the time. I think it's awesome. But all I want to do is help. Maybe I should get into politics. I can help people. I can come up with all kinds of ways to help people. Just by listening to this podcast, you're helping. You're helping yourself. You can save 20% off by hitting up higherelevation.com and using promo code Mikey. That's how I'm helping you. I'm helping you save money. I'm helping you save 20%. Yeah, I'm not going to get into politics. That's a bad idea. I don't think I should. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe someday, but I doubt it. I think news talk is the future of my life. Anyway, if you like the content I am creating, be sure to hit that support button at MikeyPodcast.com and become a monthly subscriber at on Anchor. The links are right down below in the description. Just click on those links, do what you got to do. Your donations go directly to helping this show grow. And if you're a new listener or you've been around since the beginning, uh, you, you, you can see where media is headed. We can see what, what it, what's happening with radio and television, and it's all headed in the independent direction. And that's what I'm trying to do here. My ultimate goal is to become an independent podcaster, uh, news source and comedy provider for you. And over time with your help, that's going to happen. So MikeyPodcast.com, hit that support button. And remember, if you can't donate monetarily, that's all good. I totally get it, man. Just give this podcast a thumbs up, five stars, leave a review, do whatever. Share this podcast with one other person, one person. Tell one person about the Mikey podcast and maybe we'll have one more listener. All right. I appreciate your time, guys. I'll be back. Bye. The Mikey podcast.